Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But we will, uh, I'll tell my longevity team to remind me tomorrow on the diabetic issue, too. Let me ask you another question, if you don't mind. Um, Okay, when you first started listening to the Power Hour, did you think, or Alex or Steve or any of us, uh, did you think these people are crazy out there? Well, I've been listening for about uh, three or four years to Alex Jones, which led me in to quite a few other sites, and I actually found him through Vatican Assassins. Go figure. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's a good comment. Yeah, Yeah. so, but uh, what woke me up was the chemtrails. Back in 2004, I didn't have a computer. I saw these giant streaks, and I thought, what in the world is this? Mm -hmm. And so I've been kind of one of those guys that always thought outside the box, and the minute I found all of you, I thought, ah, I'm getting the truth. I'm getting some answers. Good for you. Good for you. Well, thank you so much for calling in today, taking the time, and we'll try to get you an answer tomorrow on the diabetes. Thank you all very much, all our learned, learned listeners that listen to this program. You all teach me so much, and I do have so much to learn. Thank you all very much. You have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. Y'all bless you all at the Power Hour. Remember to continue to pray for Charlie, and she loves your cards. She'll tell you all about that. She cries every time she tells me about it. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you all. Inland Talk Express, KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Are you an inventor, or do you know an inventor who would like to attempt to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to industry? For free information on how to proceed, phone toll-free, 1-800-315-2807. InventHelp, America's largest invention company, has inventor's information you can have for free. Record your invention's date of origination, plus get an informative brochure and other material of interest to new inventors from the company whose patent referrals have helped secure more than 7,000 and patents. Learn how to get this free information by dialing 1-800-315-2807. Even if you only have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll want this free inventor's information. It shows how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to industry. It's a free call, so dial 1-800-315-2807. That's 1-800-315-2807. Again, 1-800-315-2807.
time for Culture Shocks with your host, Barry Lynn. All right, welcome to today's edition. We are uh, talking about something we discuss a lot on the program, education. But this is not a conflict about education in public schools or privatizing education at the uh, high school level. Uh, This is something that uh, we haven't touched on very much, and that is what happens to people who decide, I've gotten through high school, or maybe I have an equivalency test that I've passed it and I want to go on to college or community college. What do we do that's right, and what do we do that's wrong for people who want a second chance at formal education. The book is called Back to School. It's written by Mike Rose, well-respected writer on such topics. Uh, one, this is a, a book that actually has two subtitles. Uh, you know, I always kid about how every book needs one, why everyone deserves a second chance at education, but this one even has a third an argument for democratizing knowledge in America. Mike Rose is a professor at the UCLA's Graduate School of Education and Information Studies. Mike, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me on, Barry. Hey, hey listen, uh, when I first read the, the second subtitle, An Argument for Democratizing Knowledge in America, I thought, hmm, I'm in favor of democratizing education in America. I'm not, but I don't know what the. Dem- Democratizing knowledge means, I I know more now having read the book, but tell my listeners, what does it mean to democratize knowledge? Right, and let me me first of all start with a a disclaimer. The the titles and all that sort of stuff were done up by the publisher. Of course, of course, we um, all deal with that, don't we? That's right, as you know. But but I think what, what, what they're trying to get at is that one of the things that's really important to me in the book is making education, and I mean education in the richest sense of the word, um, uh, everything from learning a particular skill to learning how to think to being exposed to new ideas, all of that. Um, the idea is that in America, we're really built on the notion that everybody should have access as much as possible mm-hmm. to to that kind of exposure to ideas, to improving how you learn, to learning new things, to developing new skills and trades. Um, And there are times in our history when that's been more restricted and other times when it's opened up. And so the the book is just a call for, you know, making more and more available to more people the chance to get further educated if they want to do so. So it's really a democratizing of an opportunity to gain knowledge you think is important. Right. Now, just uh, this is a perennial question uh, asked by when I taught high school, for example, by almost uh, every uh, high school student about something. Uh, Why do I need to do this? So, Mr. Lynn, why do I have to read this book? Do you think with this book and the many other decades of work you've you've had at all levels of education, does everybody in America really benefit from having read King Lear or knowing at least at some point the order of the presidents of the United States? Is that the kind of knowledge that is absolutely essential when you think about it? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I get into this discussion in so many ways with so many different folks, including, you know, some of the people at UCLA. My own take is that, no, of course not. Everybody doesn't have to read King Lear and and memorize the order of the presidents. I couldn't tell you the order of the president. No. But what I do believe is that if people people want to have the opportunity 
to read King Lear, to read Shakespeare, to be exposed to it, then that opportunity should be made available to them. And, And furthermore, it should be made available in a way that's accessible. And I think that's something I've been concerned about for, for much of my life. So, so that gets us to teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Of it course. To good, to good teaching and, and the value of good teaching and the way that good teaching can open up a subject to somebody who may not have had any interest in it at all. You know, you, you run into students a lot who, you know, have to take a general education requirement sure. in, gosh, I don't know, astronomy or <laughs> history or something, and they get hooked because the topic was taught so well. It's that kind of thing that I think is important, Barry, exactly. making these opportunities available to people. When you start, uh, when people have these opportunities to learn, to get excited about something, to maybe pursue it, perhaps for the rest of their life, it assumes that, I guess, there's a certain baseline of information or skills necessary. If I were to say to you, how smart is the average person on the street? Of course, uh, smartness could be uh, having memorized the, the list of presidents. I, I, I certainly didn't. Or just how to spell or how to identify uh, countries on a, on a globe. Maybe it's analytical reasoning, uh, just simple common sense rules of logic. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, do, mo- do you... sit around at UCLA looking at the people outside of your window. I would hope by now you have a nice window out (laughs) and see a lot of people. Do you say it's a great group of people to build on? Their level of intelligence is such that they can be open to everything. Or do you shake your head and go, man, Jay Leno's right. We're we're in deep trouble. We don't even know who the president, vice president is uh, when we interview people on the street. Boy, you know, I think both of those things are true. (laughs) I mean, I think that that on the one hand, you know, if you go around and you do ask people just some basic questions about politics, like, you know, the structure of government or whatnot, uh, it's disheartening um, uh, how little – just that generally we know about these things, and we should if we want to vote and be part of, you know, a political uh, dialogue. But what's fascinating to me, too, is that as you get to talk to people about what they do know, that often opens up whole worlds. I did a book a while back called The Mind at Work where I was looking at the intelligence involved and the kind of knowledge involved in everyday work, in blue-collar and service work, the kind of work that all of my forebears did. And it's striking the degree of knowledge and intelligence and problem solving and troubleshooting that goes into doing all of that kind of work well. So when I say that that both are true, what I mean is is that on the one hand we can go around and find all kinds of examples of, you know, folks who sure, don't know what we don't very know, right. basic things, right? Right. But then if we pursue it and we start talking and we find out, oh, my gosh, these folks, in fact, know quite a bit about X, whether it's cooking or plumbing or how to fix a car, and, and that knowledge is built over years and they use it in very smart ways to get themselves, you know, to, to everything from making a, making a meal for a family on a low budget to fixing a car when it doesn't sure. work. And that's it, what's so fascinating to me. Yeah. 
What, the, what if the mix of both of those in 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 our country? Yeah, let me ask. Throw one other thing into the mix. So we just yeah. have a little minute here. But uh, maybe it would be better if instead of focusing intentionally on how, how does learning occur at high school or how could we do better with community colleges, what if we just had an institution, say the national media, that actually focused on what might be called lifelong learning instead of night by night entertaining then you could just assume that not just for some set period of years, but for a person's entire lifetime, they'd have an opportunity to think about something other than the Kardashians. Oh, boy, are you ringing my bell right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is something I think about a lot, and I I don't want to make excuses for the schools or, or, or anything else because God knows there's a lot that needs to be fixed. But... It does bother me sometimes when all of the criticism for our sometimes woeful state of ignorance, when it all it goes toward the schools. Because if you look at the popular culture that surrounds us, if you look at, at just the, the, the constant push, and it's all driven by commercialism. Sure. The constant push to kind of fill our heads and our TV screens and our book stands with just the, the most trivial of things – um, you know, we're not a culture that really no. values the kind of learning that you're talking about. No, it certainly it, it, it isn't, and we'll talk about that and more. And also gets into some of the specifics about the second chance of education, the fact that 45% of people, they don't just, they might want to go to on to education after high school, but they don't. Now back to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. 
time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Well, the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me. Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Injuries, slow healing, aches and pains, constipation, weakness, fatigue are all common the older one gets. The progressive deterioration of the body that occurs almost universally the older one gets can partly to significantly be prevented with conscientious attention to nutrition. If the Hansel men can play rugby in their 90s, then it is possible for everyone in North America to experience a more youthful life as well. One key ingredient to warding off aging and reversing some of it is the type and quality of protein consumed. All protein foods or supplements you currently consume are heat damaged, destroying 50 to 75% of your ability to utilize the bodybuilding amino acids. One World Way is not heat damaged and allows your body to utilize 100% of the amino acids. This feat no one else has achieved. The results to your health can be amazing. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. All right, we are back right here on Culture Shocks. We're talking to UCLA's Mike Rose, author of many books about education, and his newest one is called Back to School. Uh, we won't blame uh, him for anything on the cover. As I said to somebody a, a week ago or so, if you are a regular listener, the, one of the books I, I wrote a couple of years ago, I think they said they had almost a 100 different covers for it, and for intellectual property reasons, they, they couldn't uh, show me all of them. They just showed me the one they picked, and then they showed me one that they had rejected, uh, which was of a large mouth just screaming. Uh, so I, was, I wasn't a big fan of the cover they picked, but it was better than that one. However, Mike Rose, um, on the front of Back to School is a quote from President Bill Clinton. Mike Rose shines a light on institutions that are teaching students, young and old, how to rebuild our economy and put America back to work. And indeed, some of what you write about does that, but uh, that's not what it's all about. It's not just getting money and helping to build the economy. You're talking about life, second and third chances at education for reasons a bit more nuanced than that. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I, I mean, of course, look, it makes complete sense that, that the big focus these days is on the economic reasons to go back to school. I mean, you know, the state of the economy and the fact that folks are just desperately trying to figure out how to get a leg up. Um, That makes complete sense. Sure. But what's so interesting, Barry, is that when you spend time with all these folks, as you say, something like 45% of people who are in 
either community college or four-year colleges right now, 45% of them are, are not, quote-unquote, non-traditional students. You know, mm-hmm. they're not 18 or 19. They work. Many have families. A lot have been in the service. Um, when you talk to them, of course, their first reason for going back is because they want to, you know, they want to try and get a better job. But then they start talking about things like this. They start saying things like, you know, I never did so well in school, and I really want to. I really want to show myself that I can do this, or I want to be a role model for my kids, or I want to be better able to help my kids with their education, or they say things like, you know, I want to learn to read and write better, or I want to learn new things, and some people even talk in a really powerful way about wanting to turn their lives around, wanting sure. to change change the direction of their lives. So you're right. The economic motive is a big one, but there's so many other reasons, too, why people go back to school. If you start out, uh, think, if you go through secondary school, you go through high school, you, you, you graduate, but you're in one of these, and there certainly are plenty of really bad high schools. I mean, they're not all public high schools. They're bad private high schools, too, where basic writing, certain thinking skills were not viewed as important. These were teached at the test schools, of course, that everybody, I think, rightly complains about, but very few people do anything about it. You graduate, you have your diploma, but you haven't learned to write that simple declarative sentence. You haven't had a kind of intuitive understanding of math so that if somebody gives you a $20 bill for a $2 item, uh, instinctively you don't think, uh, let me see, should I give them $6 back? I mean, did you have some idea of scale, some basic idea of statistics? No matter what kind of second or third chance you get, you are really starting from behind a very large eight ball if you can't have the basic skills, thinking, writing, basic math, even basic statistics. I mean, I don't mean technical stuff. I mean, just like what does it mean to have a 1 in 50 chance of surviving uh, an accident or or a 49 out of 50 chance of surviving the operation you may choose to have. If you don't know that stuff... What difference does it make when you go to the next level or the second or third chance for education? Yeah, right. And and that's why so so much of the work that's done, particularly in in the community college, um, is in you know what's referred to as remedial, remedial. education, yeah. trying to help folks get back up to speed. Um, and you know, you're actually you're touching on something else here that's important that that, that we should talk about, and that's the role of the adult school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, adult schools are spread throughout the country. Sometimes they're within K through 12 school districts, sometimes through community college districts, sometimes both. Uh, and they serve a huge purpose in the culture, uh, helping folks who really are behind the eight ball as far as the basic skills go, or for that fact, folks who are immigrating and want to learn English, right. want to become citizens and whatnot. So, that's another one of these institutions I think that's just so important in our society because they provide people with this chance to get another shot at what they didn't get the first time around. Is there a willingness on the part of people, whether it's in an adult school or whether it's in a community college that's teaching these so-called remedial classes, do they honestly say to students, we know you have been 
you've just been shafted with the education you got. And don't feel embarrassed about being here, but we are going to say we're going to do for you what you should have had done for you in junior high school or high school. And, and don't be embarrassed, but do learn because you have to be able to write sentences. Yeah, I think, well, you know, you, gosh, there's a wide variety of people teaching these courses. Of course. But, but I've heard, you know, people talk that way uh, a fair amount. They're pretty upfront with folks. What's interesting, you know, is that the people sitting in those chairs are pretty aware of it themselves. Sure. You know, especially if they're older and they're able to kind of reflect and look back on things. They, um, boy, when you scratch beneath the surface, you, you'll, you'll tap into a fair amount of anger. People thinking like, oh, my gosh, you know, right. either either I blew it myself, I wasn't responsible, or I got a raw deal. And, and yeah. often it's that kind of understanding that opens the door for them, you know, Are that there... enables them to really commit to learning this time around. If they've got that commitment, are people sitting around developing, uh, because people sit around and develop all kinds of curricula about all kinds of things, uh, are there things that demonstrably work best for the, these, this universe of not-so-young students that we're talking about now? Yeah, so, so um, it's interesting you're bringing this up because I think a lot of stuff is going on right now that's very exciting. Um, the traditional model, and as soon as I say this, you're going to recognize that the mm-hmm. traditional model to approach remediation right. is one that really hasn't worked that well, and that's where... You, you know, you go into the classroom and there's a workbook and you open it up and you're starting in try, circling which verb to use. Do you use right. this verb or that right. verb? People, people can get stuck doing of that course. for months and months and months and months. And we don't have much research that shows that doing that kind of activity really leads to people becoming more literate. What, what is happening now, though, that's exciting is that a lot of folks, are rethinking that whole model. They're creating different kinds of curricula, curricula that immerse people in reading and writing, even though they have a difficult time with it. Sure. You know, you figure out how to give exactly. them support. Exactly. When we come back, that's exactly where I want to go. We're talking to Mike Rose. He's the author of a number of books on uh, education. His newest one, Back to School, Why Everyone Deserves a Second Chance at Education. So if giving in a work, workbook to the person coming back at age 30 to school isn't the way to go, what kind of immersion programs really do work? He's worked with a lot of veterans and other groups. Give us an answer. We'll be back right here on Culture Shocks. You're listening to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. 
By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop, creative radio ads, very affordable rates, millions of potential customers, and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. Mike Rose here on Culture Shocks. I'm your host, Barry Lynn. The book is Back to School, Why Everyone Deserves a Second Chance at Education. We have now something like 600,000 veterans from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars that are going, entering college over the last uh, three or four years. And uh, Mike Rose has uh, developed and worked with uh, Vietnam veterans earlier in his career on this question of uh, how do you start if people don't have all of the basic skills? Um, how do you do 
a kind of remedial education, the education that people in some cases uh, didn't take an opportunity to to uh, do right the first time or where the institution they were in had failed to give them the opportunity to do it. So, Mike Rose, you talked about immersion in these remedial programs. Uh, what does this start with? Does this say to somebody, for example, someone who's just come back from Afghanistan, uh, tell me what it's like to... Um, uh, think you might have to kill someone tomorrow. Is it is it personalizing? Does it start with the personal, or is that too an outmoded idea? Well, again, you're going to find all kinds of different models, right? But, sure. But the, the, here's the general notion. The general notion is, look, we're, we're dealing with adults here, so let's not give them stuff that comes from the fourth grade. Um, Different approaches. One approach is okay. Let's say you have to. Somebody needs to learn basic math. Well, can we can can we connect that basic math course to another course they're taking that is part of what they really want to do? Whether uh-huh. it's auto mechanics or cosmetology or some kind of introductory general ed course. Sure. So that the learning of mathematics is embedded in a context that makes sense. So that's one approach. Well, give, give me an example of connecting, say, something like math to, you know, cosmetology, to go to beauty school. Yeah. How, how do you connect those? Yeah, so, so the, 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 a math teacher and a cosmetology teacher would get together for some period of time before this class started, and they would work out the ways that there's overlap between their subjects. So in cosmetology, of course, there's probably there's, there's all kinds of instances where people need to deal with ratios, let's mm-hmm. say. Right? right, two parts of this to one part of exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so you work you work up um, a curriculum together. You figure out ways where you can concentrate on the mathematical part of doing that cosmetologist's work. So that's that's one model, right? Where you're sure. you're kind of working and you're embedding in the skill with some kind of actual content and. That's an exciting way that people are going. Another way that people are going, and this is something that I have done for years and years and did with those vets that you mentioned decades ago, um, so they had to take a remedial English course. And instead of giving them that workbook with the circling of verbs and stuff, um, I'm giving them reading, some of the kinds of readings I know that they're going to encounter in an introductory college course. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I've edited them a little bit so that the, the readings are a bit more accessible, or maybe I'll spend some time with them going over the reading so that they have some guidance. Then we start talking about it. Let's kick these ideas around. So then once we kick these ideas around, we start writing about it. And it's okay if you're making mistakes and all that sort of thing for right now. We just want to get you writing. Then once they get this writing going, then you can start to address these grammar issues but they're in the context of the work they're actually doing. Exactly. Rather than in an isolated workbook, right? Exactly. And uh, there's, there is some, I mean, one of the things about your, your books, uh, you tell a lot of stories. And, and as I often say, it, and other people have said this before me, I'm sure I stole it from them, uh, anecdotes are great, but uh, the plural of anecdote is not necessarily evidence uh, because you have to balance that against the anecdotes of those who do not succeed. But what about the the studies on methodology? Important uh, as the anecdotes are literally uh, life-saving in some instances, we also need to know if things work generally. So does this approach you're describing, does this have solid science behind it? Right. 
so here's what we do know. As, as, as I mentioned a moment ago, what we do know is that these old approaches have pretty poor success rates. Right. They're just not working. You know, we, there's, there's lots of studies um, that demonstrate that. Now, a lot of this stuff that, that I've been describing to you is starting up anew. Um, we've done it for a long time, but people are now really looking at it in a more rigorous way. The early studies are promising. So people haven't done the big trials sure. yet. But the early studies are promising, and in some places like um, in Washington State, for example, where they've been doing a lot of that um, blending of the skill with the, the trade mm-hmm. thing that I described, yep. there they're getting some nice evidence that they're getting much higher pass rates on the, these math assessments. Um, students report feeling you know, more engaged, but also the numbers actually show that they're learning more math. So we're starting to get some evidence that, that this is the way to go. Sadly, at this point, though, when we're starting to get the evidence, we're finding not just at the federal level. I mean, these characters uh, a few blocks from where the studio is have enough trouble trying to figure out how to spend money or whether to spend any money. But at the local and state levels, all kinds of programs, whether they're for people who are incarcerated or people who want a second chance who never went to prison but went into the military, went somewhere else, uh, maybe they washed out, they don't have GI Bill accessibility. I mean, but they're cutting programs for these people. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, well, that's another reason why I wrote this book now, uh, is to, to just try and bring to our attention how fundamentally important these programs are and how threatened they are. I mean, we were talking about adult schools a little bit ago. Sure. The adult schools in the Los Angeles Unified School District, these serve 240,000 people. And, and these are folks, wow. you know, all the way yep. from immigrants wanting to learn English, to, to people who are coming back to school, to people coming out of prison. I mean, this, these are vulnerable populations. That budget was cut to one-fourth of its previous year's budget. Wait a minute. It was cut by 75%. 75%. Now, they got some of it restored, but it's still operating at Jeez. less than half of the budget it had the previous year. So what happens to these people, right? You know? Sure. <laughs> Well, so, so your point is well taken. But the but don't people? I mean, uh, Governor Brown, the people who run the uh, both political parties in California. No matter what they disagree about, wouldn't it make common sense? You don't even need a study about it to think that if you do not have the funds to give people that second chance, to give them skills, to give them an ability to think and to write, in the long run, California's tortured economy will get worse. Yeah, and it's interesting you're saying that because, you know, economists from across the political spectrum, so uh, more conservative economists as well as more centrist or left-leaning economists, they all agree with what you just said. Hmm. That the long-term effects of this kind of budget cutting on education—that's um, going to, you know, you're 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 basically tearing away the future workforce. You're 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 undercutting a future middle class by doing this kind of thing. And of course, it's not just you know. It's easy. People look at these studies that show if you have four years of college, you earn X hundreds of thousands of dollars more over the lifetime, your expected lifetime, and and there are all kinds of studies that show you don't have to compare Harvard with uh, 
you know, dropping out of high school, any kind of four-year degree, right. for example. But it's much, uh, it's much more than that. Because if you look at the advantages that you describe in the book, Back to School, you see that the advantages are not just financial, as we've talked about, but there are all kinds of other social goods that come from having an opportunity to take that second or third chance and to do with it what you will. And when we come back, we're going to ask Mike Rose to talk a little about that. His new book is Back to School. We're going to find out how there are even correlations between getting this kind of education and raising stronger families. In fact, keeping yourself healthy. So when you look at this, even if you pare it down to nothing but money, an investment in education part two, second chance, is going to have all kinds of payouts, and they literally do make a difference in all kinds of areas of the budget that aren't even labeled education. We'll be back with Mike Rose in a minute right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. In this unpredictable world, disaster can strike anyone. That's why an essential part of any emergency survival plan must be stove in a can. When power goes out and gas lines are down, the portable, safe, easy-to-use stove in a can cooks food up to four hours and boils water in as little as five minutes. Stove in a can comes with everything you need. The stove, fuel, even waterproof matches, all in a compact, durable, heavy-duty container. Plus, the all-natural non-explosive 100% waterproof fuel source can be stored indefinitely. Say goodbye to the hassle and danger of propane, lighter fluid, or gas. Stock up now and protect your family with Stove in a Can, starting out at $29.99. Special bundle offers now available with a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Order yours today at StoveInACan.com. That's StoveInACan.com. I have been asked to announce that Federal Judge Walter J. Skinner has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with a low-cost automotive accessory called Platinum 22, which meets or exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. To learn if Platinum 22 will give you 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS or 1-800-537-7427. Are your Federal Reserve notes looking for a safe haven? 
Mine found it in precious metals. Not paper promises, but actual gold in my possession. It is liquid. It is private. It owes no one. It cannot go bankrupt, and it maintains its purchasing power. Find your answer at Midas Resources. That's 1-800-686-2237. The answer is at 1-800-686-2237. There's a guy named Dr. Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and a naturopathic physician, Doc asks, why is this country spending more money on health care? by far, and ranking 50th in health and longevity worldwide. Doc believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, taking charge of their life, and attaining optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic pharmaceutical drugs that lead to side effects that require more expensive and toxic pharmaceutical drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health and health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care, and I've joined forces with him to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit brightsideben.com and listen to Doc Wallach's deadly recipe lectures. It makes a lot of sense, and I invite you to join our Brightside Ben team. Go to brightsideben.com. That's www.brightsideben.com. We're talking about what are sometimes called non-traditional students. There are a lot of them. There are people who uh, got out of high school. Maybe they graduated. Maybe they didn't. They got a GED, an equivalency exam. And they think, well, maybe there's some reason, financial or otherwise, to go on, go to an adult school, go to a community college, get some additional education. And Mike Rose is my guest. He wrote the new book, Back to School. So, Mike, talk about these other, these collateral benefits. It's not just that uh, you might statistically be able to make more money if you have an associate degree or then you go on and get your bachelor's degree, but you might have a stronger family, uh, divorce rates down, you might be healthier, obesity rates down. I mean, how do you start to measure in, in a real sense, the total value of giving a person a second chance. Yeah, you know, it's, <clears throat> I'm glad you're bringing that up because, again, this is a place where we do have studies to demonstrate this. Economists have done these studies and, and other folks as well. The more education you have, uh, that correlates with uh, increased voting and mm-hmm. increased civic participation. It correlates with, as you just mentioned, better health literacy and better health outcomes. It correlates with a lower divorce rate. Um, it correlates with more engagement with your kids' education. So in addition to making more money and paying more taxes and also probably using fewer social services, mm-hmm. you get all these kind of secondary effects that really do benefit a society. You know, one of the other things that you point out in the book and that I, I think it's easy particularly easy for politicians to ignore. Uh, Former Nebraska Senator uh, Kerry, and not not John Kerry of Massachusetts, who may well be on the quick trip to the uh, soon. But uh, Kerry of of Nebraska had this idea of giving every 
kid a kind of a pot of money at, as soon as the child is born, and it couldn't be taken out. It could only be used for educational purposes, or post-secondary education. Uh, and it, there were some very interesting statistics about how much this would bring in and how many opportunities would be given to uh, young people to go on to college. However, it seems to me that kids in lower economic areas, for example, lower income areas, are always going to have problems, even if they have that pot of money, because everything about college admissions, for example, is not about can you pay for it, but there are all kinds of uh, efforts to make sure that there are plenty of people who are the sons and daughters of, the, of alumni. There are all kinds of things that no matter how much money you have, you still have debilitating obstacles, even if something like this carry approach had been adopted, which, of course, now it probably will never be adopted. Yeah, you know, um, geez. There's so, I mean, there's so much there, and yeah. Mike. There's so there's so many other impediments. It's not just the money. So how do you, w- yeah. without becoming a utopian, how do you fix that? Yeah, yeah. And, and let me just say a little bit more about your point because it's so it's so important. I I know this personally because I grew up in a very poor family and was the first person to go to college. Actually, I was the second or third person in the whole family to go to high school. I mean, to finish high school. So. This is very personal to me. Um, th- there are so many Im- Im- impediments. There's, you know, it, it, if there's unemployment or illness in the family, then it's often the responsibility of the of the children, especially the older children, sure. to try and do something about that. There's those kinds of problems. There's also the kinds of problems that come from, you know, if you're not on the educational fast track your whole life, there's just all kinds of stuff you don't know, right. you don't learn about right. going to college. And I don't just mean math or reading, but just how to feel comfortable there and how to navigate the place. So there's there's all these other, mm, as you say, impediments. Now, what what can we do about that? Well, we can't wave a magic wand and somehow give people all that kind of social and cultural capital that they didn't have before. Correct. But this is where special programs really do matter and where mentorship matters. Um, some of the programs that that I've seen that are in place in some of these schools, you know, programs that give kids, that, that, that hook, hook people up with mentors or programs that, that provide tutoring or programs that just give good advice on how to apply for financial aid like right, or exactly. even what's out there. These kinds of programs matter. What's really interesting here's a, here's a, another statistic that, um, or, or, or a finding rather that's important. With similar populations, so similar populations of folks who are disadvantaged, different schools have different success rates, and that's because the schools that do better with poor kids and poor adults, they have these kinds of programs in place. Mentorship really matters to them. Good counseling matters to them. So you're never going to make up for all of the disadvantages, but, boy, you can do something about it. And the colleges that have those programs in place 
have better outcomes. No, and I think you talk about one community college that has one counselor for 2,000 kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're kids and not even kids, yeah. adults. Yeah. I mean, of course that's not going to work. I know there are people listening, everything we've said, and they've shaken their heads and they're going, well, that, that sounds right, but, but wait a minute. Why don't we just make sure that the Internet uh, better uh, serves the needs of all the people we're talking about. Internet education, why you can learn anything. You can learn how to be a physicist on the Internet. You don't have to go to MIT. You don't even have to go to a community college physics class. What do you think the role is appropriately for the Internet in this kind of learning? Well, it's playing a huge role. I mean, obviously, you know, there's just so much going on right now with the Internet, with online learning, with these, what they call MOOCs, right? Massive right. open online learning, <laughs> learning classes. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on, and it's a really exciting time. But the thing that I always come back to is this. That stuff is going to be only as good as the kind of understanding of teaching and learning that underlies it. So it, if you're taking... If you're, if you're sitting people down in front of computers and in front of computer modules and just feeding them a bunch of stuff, that's not necessarily going to educate them. Okay. So the same kind of stuff we've been talking about for the last 20, 30, 40 minutes, the same sort of stuff that we've been talking about in terms of human connection, in terms of thinking about the way people think, in terms of helping people learn how to learn, if you can get that worked into the technology and you figure out how to integrate that technology in with something human, you know, in with, with a curriculum and, and mentors and all that sort of thing, then there's real promise. But if we think that the solution is just going to be to pop a bunch of people into a room and put them in front of consoles, that's not going to do it. No, and uh, I, I think it's fair to say that some of what is advertised as online learning, but that does not have either the input that you've just described or the kind of collaborative effect of having somebody that you could actually talk to after you've done a couple modules, somebody to check out whether you really understand what you did, it's likely to fail. Right. right. Uh, it, you, uh, you've talked about a lot of the changes that could occur. Some of them require money. Some of them require that money just be used in a slightly different way. Uh, are there still places uh, for purely what used to be called vocational education where you just teach someone to weld? You don't teach them the math, uh, mathematics of welding. You have a, a welding story in the book, for example. Mm -hmm. is, is there some role for just those places where a trade is taught as a trade? Or is that passe now? Well, of course, there's lots of those those places, both in the public and the private sphere. And, and in fact, many of the private, the proprietary trade schools kind of focus more on mm -hmm. that. And, and when they're successful, they are successful in training people quickly and getting them into a job. The, the, the trouble is, is that a lot of those places, as you know from reading the newspapers, yeah. make promises that they can't keep. Here's the only thing I'd say about that. And listen, I'm all for somebody learning a trade and getting out there and getting a job that's going to make their life better. But we know from the whole history of vocational education that if all you do is teach somebody a fixed set of techniques yep. and you don't teach them to think yep. and to reason and to solve problems and to be basically literate and numerate, the minute that technology is out of date, they're finished. That's right. Because so, they can't so the, read the new manual because nobody... 
that's it. Yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate you giving, uh, giving me the chance to uh, chat and to share your views with my listeners around the country. Um, Mike Rose from UCLA's uh, School of Education. Back to School is his new book, Why Everyone Deserves a Second Chance at Education. Plenty of uh, stories in here that make you feel like... Uh, this is a plan. All we need to do is find the best ways to implement it, and we're going to, in the long run, benefit as a culture as well as benefiting the lives of a lot of individuals. That does it for today's edition. I'm Barry Lynn. We'll talk again. This edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Like the battlefield, there's a battle for the soul of America. We can't let him tear the kingdom down. This is no game. This is war. Flesh and blood. It's between the bad and good. We can't stop until the trumpet sound. This is war. Not a game we're playing. This is war. 
The only question is, which side will you be on? It's time now for a call to decision with Pastor Butch Paw. Hello and welcome, my friends. This is Pastor Butch Paul, the 30th day of January 2013. Welcome to the program. We are glad you're there, and I mean that. And don't forget, tomorrow is office day. From 9 to 4 tomorrow, Eastern Time, I'll be in the office, take your phone calls, talk to you about anything you want to talk about. If you need to ask some questions, if you want me to help you any way I possibly can, tomorrow's our day to talk. Now, we do get, we do get a little busy, and I may have to ask you to call back, or I may have to ask, let me, let me call you back. But I want to hear from you. Don't ever be afraid to call us. Even if you just want to say hello, folks. I mean that. And we love hearing from first-time callers on the air and in the office. So please feel free tomorrow to call and say hello to us at 800-777-4403. That's 800-777-4403. And if you have long distance and you can save us a nickel, we'd appreciate it. You can call us at 304 Eight four six four 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 eight three zero four eight four six four 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 eight. We are here for you, folks, all day long from nine to four. It's always hectic, but I love it that way. So please call, and if you're if we're busy, we'll tell you. Ask you to call back, or we'll call you back either way you want to do it. But we want we want to be here for you, okay? We mean that. We sincerely do. We're gonna bring up a guest in a few minutes that I had on. Well, it's been a while back. I don't know how long it has been. We'll have to ask him if it's going to air in a minute. He's a sheriff from Mississippi, Sheriff Billy McGee, who stood up against the feds back during Hurricane Katrina, I believe it was, and uh, hijacked a federal uh, truck full of water that they were not going to take into the people, and he and his deputies took the driver out and took the truck on in. He's a man with some backbone. He's a man now standing against Obama's push for gun control and gun confiscation, literally. And tomorrow night, if everything works out, we're going to have the Attorney General right here from West Virginia, Patrick uh, uh, Morrissey, on with us to discuss his stand against Obama's uh, push for gun control and gun confiscation in West Virginia. Now, he's a head attorney of the state. That makes him a little bit, I guess you say, a powerhouse in, in making a statement like that. And I would think that the feds will pay attention. I really would. All of the country was seeing a pushback on what Obama's doing. Now, you have to remember George Bush did the same thing back in the 90s and banned assault weapons and clips. Uh, he did. They, they did. They, uh, uh, anything more than 10 rounds you couldn't get, and assault weapons you couldn't get. But it had a, a sundown clause in it. It went away, and then we started buying them again. Well, for some reason, people are pushing back against Obama. And I think probably because they've had a belly full of this bum uh, for a long time. And I, I know he's reelected. I think it was fraudulent, but nonetheless, he's back in the office again for his second term to do what he wants to, and he's moving fast. He truly is. So we're going to have a couple of nights of hard programming here people with, some, with some people with guts. And don't forget our website, folks, PastorButch.com and PastorButch.us. On there, you'll find PastorButch.tv that you can watch your teach, offer teachings for 15 cents a day, five ninety five a month. Or if you like, you can watch us live when we have live Bible studies. Uh, when we have them on Saturdays and, and this time perhaps on Sunday, you can watch us uh, live and, and email us your comments or Skype us. That's what we're here for. We want you to be part of this ministry. You are part of it. Come in and speak your mind, all right? We'll go to break in a second. At the break, we're going to talk to Sheriff Billy McGee, a man that I really respect for what he's trying to do, and I do mean that, so don't go away. This is war. Hear me what I'm saying. 
Satan's army roams the land, seeking souls of fallen men. Could your family survive a food shortage of two weeks to six months or more? Sound far-fetched? The Department of Homeland Defense and your local Office of Emergency Services are already suggesting at least two weeks' worth of food and water. Do you really think that's long enough? We have enemies who have sworn to attack us using nuclear, chemical, or biological weapons. Add this to the ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by natural disasters, truck strikes. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.